Hi everyone, welcome back to The Mind Boggler. So for today's podcast, it's a little different than the last episode where we just talk about true crime in the form of murder. But for this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the wildest scammer stories I've heard. Basically, one of the reasons why I picked this story is because we cannot stop stumbling across this dude. Like yesterday, we went to the mall and we saw his face literally on the TV billboard or something. I've also seen him countless of times in ads literally everywhere. And so I did my research because I thought it was very interesting the kind that he did. Like it just gave me a little Ocean 8 vibes, you know, like a bougie crime biz or whatever. So for today's episode, we will be talking about Rudy Kurniawan. And yes, you guessed it, he's Indonesian and he's one of the biggest wine forager aka the genius wine swindler. So let's start off by kind of talking about wine and why it's such a big deal for a lot of people. Some people even say that wine can be the lens through which we can experience the physical manifestation of the history of a place or the culture of the people that inhabit it. Other than that, wine also has a lot of health benefits because it provides antioxidants and it may promote longevity of a person's life because it can help protect us against heart disease and harmful inflammation. So today's story has a lot to do with the wine community and I feel like whenever someone mentions the wine community, we we never really realized that it has a lot of layers into it because for a lot of people wine is such a big deal and such as this case we're going to be talking about people who would spend millions of dollars on vintage wine cool. and wine in general like the people included in today's story are the people with crazy amount of money or what a lot of people call as fuck you money which is a phase to call someone with an astronomical amount of money to the point that they have no idea on how to spend it Ooh, they're rich rich yeah rich rich like these people are their richest of the rich like they will literally spend a million dollars a month for wine whoa million dollars a million dollars on wine okay. a month a month god And so this story happened in the heart of Beverly Hills, where there were groups of prestigious and wealthy people who were just insane about their liquor. They were in the investing world, they ride limousines everywhere, so they're like wealthy, wealthy people. There's this group that calls themselves the Angry Man. The group consists of 12 to 20 people, and the reason on why they're angry is because whenever they go to parties, they're always the only ones who brings good wine, like the French Burgundy wine that cost about $10,000 a bottle, and everyone else in the party bought plonk so they were like (laughs) so they were like you know what these people are losers who don't know their wine so why not start a group together where we just splurge on good wine and drink them all night and so these men they have occasional dinners that are held like once a month and they would spend roughly about two hundred thousand dollars a night on wine for the dinner only for one dinner they would spend two hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of money So why are some wines so expensive? Like there are wine bottles that are sold for like $10,000 to even $100,000 a bottle. And why is that? Well, one of the most popular vintage wine, which is Burgundy wine. It's called Burgundy because it's made from a part of France called Burgundy, France. The thing about wine is that some are made in vineyards with better wine. The other thing about vineyards is that age matters. And the longer the vineyard's been there, the better the wine. Hence, the more expensive it will be. Another factor on how 
some bottles of wine are more expensive than others is because of the roots of the grape vines and how some of them seep deeper into the foundation of the earth. And the deeper they get, the better the wine, hence the more expensive. And if you get deeper into the internal world of the vine community, there are actually a lot of auction houses for wine where people would spend millions of dollars on vintage wine. And there is a huge community of people who likes to do that. No comment? It's very interesting, yeah. <laughs> I'm learning so much about wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we found ourselves in 2002. There was a man by the name of Rudy Kurniawan who won a lot of charity auction that drew a lot of attention on him amongst the wine community. So like he began to make himself known in the wine community until it got to the point where the angry men who are by the way, very wealthy older men, you know, mm -hmm. like most of them are like old money rich and exclusive. And Rudy being in his 30s are known by them. So it's a pretty huge deal. Rudy is actually an Indonesian. He is a Chinese descent in Indonesia, so basically mm -hmm. he is a Chindo who's lived a very, very privileged life. A lot of people said that he was a very enigmatic man, like he was very mysterious. Nobody knew where he came from and how he got that huge amount of money to the point that he could afford buying a million dollar worth of wine Ooh. every month. Every month? Every month he spends one million dollars on wine. He lives in an $8 million mansion in Beverly Hills. He had love for fine clothes, fine cars, a kind of boy next door who make it really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Also, one of the reasons why he got so popular in the wine community is because of his extremely refined palate and remarkable memory for flavors. So basically, if you are really into wine, you have this palette of taste where you have the ability to know the difference between one bottle and another. Rudy has a very strong ability to do that to the point of him being able to know what kind of vintage wine he's drinking. Whoa. Yeah, like from one sip of wine, Rudy can tell everything about the wine correctly. He could name the year, the vineyard, everything. Everything, and I feel like that kind of ability can only develop after years of yeah. being a wine lover. You know what That's, I'm saying? So he can pinpoint where the wine came from, what year. Yeah. Just from the taste. Just from one sip. Rudy was actually nicknamed Dr. Conti by some of the people in the wine community because of his love and possession of a lot of age Domaine Romani Conti Burgundy wine. He loved that so much, he bought $34 million worth of wine from two wine auctions. And so because of that, a lot of people just kept on wondering on who this Rudy Corneauan is and how the hell he got that huge amount of money to spend because like outside of that, he also spends about a million dollars a month for wine in like wine auction houses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so some of the people in the wine community that time actually asked Rudy on his background and everything as they grew closer. And Rudy claimed that his family actually owns the distribution rights for Henneken in all of China. So like the family oh. is incredibly wealthy people. Yeah, yeah. And so let's talk about auctions. A lot of the times people would say that auctions are more like a psychological thing than it is about money because it's usually very, very normal amongst the very wealthy of people. It's more like a pride thing because like super wealthy people don't go telling their friends on social media their highest purchase of the week. But in auctions, it's like everybody in the room kind of, you know, yeah, see what sure, you bought. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it is something that in, in the highest pay. It's a flex. Yeah, it's a flex. It's, a flex. it's like, you know, it's a pride thing for wealthy people, a lot of people said. Mm-hmm. 
And so by the year of 2008, John Acker, which is one of the biggest wine auction house owners, sold over a hundred million dollars worth of wine in a year. And 35 million dollars of that wine was coming from Rudy Seller. Rudy had that much wine sitting in his wine collection. Imagine how big his wine teller is considering he bought like a million dollars worth of wine every month. It could be bigger than a mall. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and I feel like I said a million dollars for too much. It seems normal now, but like a million dollars is equal to 14 billion rupees. 14 billion rupees. Imagine someone spending that amount of money every month. Online. I mean, for the rich people, I guess that's like one, one million rupees. No, but, you, but so it's not like something, oh, that's just to rich people. That You have to be really, really rich, like mm. super rich, like wealthy rich. You know what I'm saying? Rich. Like billionaire rich. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not something normal, you know? Not like a lot of people in the world. Do you know that there's only like 31 billionaire in, in Indonesia? So there's only 31 people out of like 200 million people in Indonesia who can like splurge on wine like that. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> okay. And so things started to become a big shit show when a man by the name of Bill Kosh got involved. So Bill Kosh and his brothers run the Kosh Industries, which is one of the wealthiest companies in the world. Like they're probably worth around $50 billion. Oh. And Bill Kosh himself is worth around $5 billion. <sighs> and Bill is also insane about his liquor and wine specifically. He could spend about half a million to a million dollars on like a couple bottles of wine. And those wine were Thomas Jefferson wine and each bottle cost about $100,000 or more. And, you know, like a lot of people who are not billionaires, you know, like he mm -hmm. is, is mm -hmm. like are probably wondering on why he would spend a huge amount of money on just a couple bottles of wine. And at one time, he was actually interviewed on that. And he explained that wine is not only about drinking. It's about how much history you can taste in every sip of the drink. Very poetic, but I think people, in my opinion, people buy expensive stuff just because they can. <laughs> yeah, just because they can. Yeah. I mean, what what difference does it's, it make? Honestly, hmm. it's just like maybe maybe there is a difference. I don't know, maybe, but like maybe. we don't know. <laughs> we don't know because we can't. We, we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't afford it. We can't afford half a million dollar on wine. I would rather like buy anything else, honestly. But like, what could be the difference? It's something that you drink, you know. Yeah. So like I mentioned, things started to go downhill when Bill Kosh got involved. Because at that time, he heard about a rumor circulating around the wine community about how some wine auction houses actually sold fake bottles of wine. And Bill, having about 43,000 bottles in his wine cellar, had a thought. Did I ever buy any fake wine bottles from, you know, auctions? Like, he got curious whether or not he got scammed. So being the billionaire that he is, he hired a private investigator to check whether or not he's been sold any unauthentic wine and so his private investigator started to hire wine authenticators and they checked through the entire wine cellar and it turned out there were four million dollars worth of fake Whoa. bottles of wine wait wait i don't get it how did they check there's actually a job where you authenticate wine there's oh, wine yeah. authenticators yeah, yeah. but is... but here's the thing how long did it take <laughs> Thousands of bottles? Wow. I, I guess it took maybe a couple of weeks. I don't know. Yes, I, I mean, he has a lot of money to hire yeah. a lot of wine authenticators. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the worst thing for uh, billionaires is having fake stuff. 
Yeah, I feel like right. Or getting like, killed because you have a lot of money. It's embarrassing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so how did they find out about it? Well, they also got help from the CIA to find this Ooh. out. Like, isn't it crazy the billionaire lifestyle? It's very, you, very extra. <laughs> very extra. You got a wine problem, and they really be getting CIA mm, yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess. It involves a lot of resources and money, so. Yeah, I guess. But a billionaire, come on. Four million dollars for a billionaire, that's like nothing, right? Yeah. So it all came down to, so you know a lot of the times wine bottle will have some kind of glue that's called Elmer's glue on them. Oh, this is the type of glue that's used to stick the labels on the wine mm, bottles, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Elmer's glue wasn't invented until in the 70s. But these uh, 1950s bottle of wine had Elmer's glue on them. Oh no. Yeah, they checked that in the CIA labs, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything from the bottles, the taste, They look so real. It's very uncanny to the real ones, but it's fake. And so they traced the transactional history of where the fake bottles of wine were bought, and it led to the Acker's Wine Auction House. Mm. But the thing is, Bill Kosh never goes to auction. So basically, if you're a billionaire, you don't go to auctions, but there would be like a, you know, a representative, yeah. a representative of you to go to the mm-hmm. auctions, etc. right? And so like Bill Kosh had no idea And so this news kind of got circulated within the wine community mm-hmm. that Acker's Wine Auction House was selling fake bottles of wine. <gasps> and Acker's Wine Auction House was typically known before as the best auction house for wine. And this news was so widespread to the point that a man by the name of Laurent Ponceau... Ooh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> He's French. I'm just gonna call him Laurent then. Laurent. Laurent Ponceau, which is the owner of a popular wine brand called Domaine Ponceau, which is also a family business of his from the early 1800s in a French vineyard. So Laurent Ponceau find this news very, very offensive since he was just obsessed with wine. Like his love for wine is just out of this world. You know how if you're a wine lover, people would say things like, there's a little bit of wine in my blood. Well, for Laurent, it's there's a little bit of blood in my wine. So, <laughs> so like hearing the news about counterfeit bottles of wine, it was a disgrace for him. And so he decided to fly from France to Beverly Hills to attend one of John Acker's wine auctions. And in the middle of an auction, where everyone was already drunk and having a great time, Laurent went, I want you to withdraw every single bottle from this auction immediately. And so everyone was like, what is going on? What is happening? Who is this dude, you know? Mm -hmm. Long story short, John Acker managed to withdraw every single bottle of that day's auction and had a long talk about what was going on with Laurent, right? Mm -hmm, And so Laurent asked John Acker about where did he buy most of his wine. And he answered, oh, I got most of the wine from Rudy Cornell on cellar. And so Laurent, he trekked down who Rudy is, where he lives, etc. And he flew himself to Los Angeles, where Rudy was currently living and finally able to sit down and have breakfast with him. His first impression of Rudy is he's very polite and welcoming. He's a little bit arrogant, but not in a way that like, you know, boastful, you know? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make you hate him. Yeah. yeah. 
arrogant, but doesn't make you hate him. And he's very, very charismatic too. So Laurent was kind of like, maybe Rudy also didn't know that he was selling fake bottles of wine because oh, yeah. like, why would someone that wealthy be scamming other mm, people? Like that passionate in wine. Like. Yeah. He was also thinking like, there's no way this dude would scam other people because he has like a dynasty in all of China. He said his family is hella loaded. So like Laurent thought maybe, you know, he was also a victim of wine scam. So then he asked Rudy where he got his wine from, right? Because it turned out all of them were counterfeit wine. And Rudy said that he bought so much wine that he didn't remember where exactly he got them from. But then continued to say that he got most of his wine from Jakarta, from an auction house owner by the name of Pak Hendra. And it's funny because <laughs> he didn't know that Pak Hendra in Indonesia okay. is Pak Hendra. Pak actually means Mr. and Hendra is like the most common Indonesian name. <laughs> so that's like equivalent to someone saying, I got it from Mr. Smith, you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and so Laurent then flew himself to Jakarta where he was welcomed by the wealthy Jakarta people. They had a huge party in the central of Jakarta where, you know, prestigious and wealthy people would gather. And in one of the parties, he actually asked around about the wine auction house of Pak Hendra. He was like, hey, you guys know the infamous wine auction house of Pak Hendra is and people were like Pak Hendra Pak in our language means mister and Hendra is like the most common name in Indonesia and so then he was like what the hell is going on you know so he got he started to get suspicious of Rudy right he got scammed huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pak Hendra Pak Hendra yang <laughs> mana <laughs> And so he started his own investigation of Rudy, but here's the thing, Bill Cautious B.I., you know, the billionaire we talked about yeah, who yeah, scammed yeah. like $4 million worth of wine. His P.I. knew that Laurent was suspicious of Rudy. So the CIA started to investigate Rudy even more. Uh -huh. They checked Rudy's files in the CIA and it turns out Rudy actually had a warrant on his arrest, but not something too crazy. It's just stated that he was, you know, he was past his student visa. Ooh. So Rudy was in America because of his student visa and it got expired. And also, that's not his real name. Nobody knows what his real name is because he had like seven identities. And so the PI had to investigate Rudy even more. They started stalking him, following him around Los Angeles. They even spied on his conversation with Laurent Ponceau after Laurent got back from Jakarta. Uh -huh. They met again and Laurent just asked Rudy about how he wanted to meet Pak Hendra so bad mm -hmm. and asked Rudy for like a number, etc. right? Mm -hmm. And the PI actually got the number too. And when they checked it, it was actually a number for an Indonesian Airlines customer service. <laughs> You know, I don't know, but for me, like, Rudy is such a genius to pull that whole scam off, you know, for yeah. the longest of times. Also, he got caught because he was being sloppy, and, like, the lies are just so bad. Yeah. Like, the Pakhendra one is so bad, because we all know that nobody is that stupid to fall for that kind of lie yeah. for so long. I feel like he could have, you know, done better at like, his life. I think the story was, like, you know, you know those drawings? A really beautiful, realistic horse in the front and a shitty horse at the back. It's kind of like, you know, the ending should have been better because like, mm -hmm. he could have not got, like he could have gotten away with it if it weren't for him being sloppy. Yeah. Or like he could have just lied better, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so after finding this out, Bill Koch decided to get FBI involved in the situation. And the section of the FBI that got involved is the financial fraud section, which is usually specializes in like art fraud or art thefts, mm -hmm. etc. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they started to pull down every record of Rudy Corneawan. And it turned out that he has a million dollar house in Arcadia, which is a heavy populated Asian area in Los Angeles. They also tracked down his financial records and also turns out him and his family, they have like a pyramid scheme that they're doing. Also, he sends about $15 million a month overseas. Ooh, money laundering. Mm -hmm. a, lot of money people, laundering. a lot of people think that this is how he kind of hides his money. You yeah, know? yeah. So the investigation around Rudy lasted from 2009 until 2012, and it became no secret that Rudy was being investigated by the FBI. But in 2012, Christie's Wine Auction House decided to sell some of Rudy's wine for some reason, when they know that nobody would purchase it because it's counterfeit wine, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people who's been scammed by Rudy with his wine made some kind of forum to like to talk about how messed up it is for someone to counterfeit wine, right, <laughs> etc. And this made the FBI investigate Rudy even harder because of the concern of the people that's been scammed, mm. right? Mm. And so the FBI had a search warrant and searched Rudy's home in Arcadia. And the minute they walk inside the house, it's just evidence after evidence of why Rudy is guilty of wine fraud. What happened? They said that when they walked in, the first thing they saw was bottles of wine in the sink, and it looked like Rudy was trying to soak off the labels from the wine. There's a corkscrew and a lot of empty bottles of wine around the house, and there were also some writings on the bottle that said mix this and this and this. Mm. So he was mixing a bunch of cheap California wine into making a replica of the taste of this amazing wine that cost thousands of dollars. And because he has a magnificent palette of wine, he could mix those cheap wine, probably like $50 worth of wine, with another cheap bottles of wine so that they would taste identical to, say, Burgundy wine that cost about $10,000 a bottle. Then he would relabel it like he would buy fake labels and fake wax and make it seem so legit, you know? And the whole purpose of the house is to make the wine scam, it seems. Because in order for the wine not to get ruined, it has to be chilled in certain temperature and the house was set to 60 Fahrenheit so it doesn't ruin the wine and there were like heaters in every other room. I mean, that's comment that's really cool. <laughs> that's amazing. That's how, amazing. How he could counterfeit and forge fake wine, fake so of course they arrested him and they later found out that it only takes him one hour to make the replica of an expensive bottles Whoa. of wine. Okay. Chill. <laughs> Chill, Rudy, chill. <laughs> and at one point, he even sold 15,000 bottles to the Acker's Wine Auction mm. House, right? Although he didn't say he was working with people, it'd be impossible for someone to do that by themselves and still have time to do a lot of other stuff, mm, like yeah. kissing the ass of the wealthy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Socializing. Yeah, because in order for the scam to work, he has to do... Yeah, he needs to show a front. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to like befriend the wealthy, mm -hmm. make a reputation for himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as his trial about to start, a lot of people were still questioning about how he bought millions of dollars worth of wine in the first place. Because even before the scam, he was already pretty active in the wine community, buying millions of dollars worth of wine in auction houses, right? And so it turns out, after a few investigations, he is the nephew of one of Indonesia's notorious criminal called Edith Tansel. I don't know who that is, but... 
runs in the family, huh? Well, Eddie Tansel was involved in like the biggest money heist of Jakarta, I think, mm. and stole about 1.3 trillion rupees in 1990. That because of inflation now, it's equivalent to 16 trillion rupees, and in dollars now is 1.1 billion dollars. People just assume that's where he got the money, you know, to do all his scams. I see, I see. So they didn't catch. The, the, no, Eddie Tansel is still Eddie not cast oh. until this day. He wow. disappeared, which is cool. That's cool. That is like oceanate. That's oceanate. That is oceanate. That is oceanate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's not like we're encouraging people to be, you know, criminals. But Eddie Tansel is kind of cool. Like he isn't so, he really cool. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. And so he was actually sentenced for 10 years in the United States, and there were people who didn't think that it was fair for him because there are actually murderers with lesser sentences, right? A lot of people think that you know he's not hurting anyone. Yeah. He's he was only he only made a billionaire lost a couple million of dollars, and a lot of people are like, you know, come on, what does that do to like yeah, a billionaire, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You know, they, they like the billionaires, they probably get the money back in a couple of months. Yeah. It's like it's not gonna do anything to them. But the thing is, after hearing this story, I kind of feel like, wow, there are people who can like spend millions of dollars on a couple of bottles of wine, but there are actually people who are like struggling, not being able to eat every day. Like the gap is like yeah, the what's that poverty disparity? Yeah, well, it's like it's like a kind of like a eye opening, you know? Yeah, like yeah. a lot of people are like really wealthy, and the a lot of people the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. That is that's, sad. That is sad. Yeah, that's sad. Well. Rudy is actually going to go back to Indonesia soon because his jail time is almost over. I love how someone in the article calls him the Houdini of wine because I feel like you know he is really a genius. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Leave a like. I don't know. There's no likes, but see you in the next episode. Thank Bye. You for- Thank you for our sponsorships. Our, <laughs> Nobody sponsors us. Our parents <laughs> raised us. <laughs>